You're listening to the Gates Church Podcast. For more information or to support this ministry, please visit thegate.org. Good morning, everybody. Um, I know that you've all just got nicely settled, but I want to disrupt everything by actually inviting the kids up to the stage. So if you're a child who would normally go down to Kids Gate, come on up to the stage, just like we do when we dismiss you. But when we're done talking here, you need to go back to the adults you were sitting with, okay? So you're not getting dismissed for Kids Gate. Uh, when I was growing up in church, sometimes we would have what we call the children's moment, and the minister or someone else would have the kids up to the stage and give a little talk. So since we're all together in church this Sunday, I thought it would be nice to do something like that because as we go through the book of Proverbs, uh, the book of Proverbs talks a lot about kids and it talks a lot, it teaches kids things. So I, I wanted to ask you some questions and talk about Proverbs and what, what you guys can learn from it this morning, okay? So the first question is, raise your hand if you ever need help doing something. <clears throat> Some of you don't, but most of you, it looks like, I know I need help doing things all the time. Can someone give me an example of something you might need help doing? Silas, what what do you need help doing sometimes? If you're feeling like upset or too stressed, you need someone to help you calm down. Nora, what about you? Taking off, getting dressed and undressed. That's hard to do. That's actually the one I was thinking about was tying my shoes. You guys ever need help tying your shoes or learning to read? Um, Violet, what do you need help doing sometimes? Tying your shoes. You were raising your hand for that one. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, So, okay. When you need help doing something like this, who's someone that you might ask for help in your life? You can just shout it out. Who would you, who would you ask? Your parents. That's good. You could ask God for help, which is good to do. Jack, who would you ask? Your brother, your siblings, or your friends, friends of your family. Darren, who would you ask for help? Oh, you would get help learning how to read. Yeah, that takes a lot of help. So, and we, and we have teachers to help us do that too, right? So God's given us lots of people to help us in life. But I wanted to talk especially this morning about moms and dads or about adults who take care of us. Because did you know that God has given you your parents or the adults who take care of you as a gift in your life? So your moms and dads, the adults in your life, are like a present from God. They're from him and they're for you guys for times when you need help doing something. Now... There's a verse which tells us about this. I was going to read from Proverbs, okay? Proverbs 6.20 says to kids, it says, Keep your father's command and don't reject your mother's teaching. So basically what this is saying is when your parents are helping you with things, pay attention to what they're saying and listen to what they're doing. Now, does anybody find it, do you ever find it difficult to do this? Is it ever, like, hard for you to listen to what your parents are telling you? Be honest. Yeah, I want to see those hands. Sometimes it's not easy listening to our parents, is it, right? 
Like, when I was your age, I had a super hard time listening to my parents because they would tell me something and I didn't want to do it. So we would, you know, struggle with that. But the Bible is clear to tell us that it's good for us to pay attention to our moms and dads. And the reason that we pay attention to what they're telling us is because they love us and our parents want what's best for us and they're teaching us good things, okay? I know it's not always easy to listen to them, but I'm encouraging you to do your best and keep doing that this morning. So before you go back to the places where you were just sitting, I thought we could close our eyes and just pray about these things and ask for God's help. Okay, so let's pray together. Dear God, thank you for giving us our moms and dads and different adults in our lives who love us and care about us and want to teach us good things. God, help us when it's hard to listen, to remember that you've told us that it's good for us to do this, Lord, to listen to our parents and help our parents have wisdom and teaching us as well. Thank you for blessing these kids with with all that you have, God, and I pray that you would just uh, grow and protect and guide them in all of their steps. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Now go back to where you were sitting. Amen. Thank you for coming up and talking with me. I think that God has an awesome, God has an awesome sense of humor. And oftentimes it's, I miss it because I take things too seriously. But once in a while, I kind of, I think I get the joke. And this, the irony this week that's not lost on me is that as I told the kids that their parents are a gift from God and that they should listen to their moms and dads as Proverbs teaches, my children were not on the stage because the Lord has taken them away to their grandparents for the weekend. Uh, so it's unfortunate, I guess, that uh, I was not able to use this moment as leverage for my own kids' lives, you know, really kind of drive the point home. Uh, but I will send them the link to the podcast and they can discover this truth for themselves. <clears throat> What a blessing it is to have the parents they do who uh, they should pay close attention to. So there are many, as I said at the start, lots of Proverbs that deal with uh, children and parents and obedience and lessons for kids. Uh, many of the Proverbs were written from a father to a son, so this is where this comes from. Uh, but before, and if you've been reading through, you would have already read lots of these, but I don't know about you, but it's easy for me to read a proverb about what children should do and to assume, well, this is a lesson for children, right? The, the wisdom here is, as, as I was just, I guess, uh, working on, is to teach kids about what they should do, and this is true, uh, but this morning I'll invite you or challenge you also to gain from the wisdom of the proverbs which teach children in your own lives and not dismiss them as just, you know, lessons for the kids or for parents with kids or what have you. Um, let's jump into Proverbs chapter 3. I am going to be reading lots of Proverbs, so if you um, don't want to be flipping all over the place, the, the verses should be behind me as well. Uh, but so let's start in Proverbs 3, 7, and then 11 to 13, where it says this. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Do not despise the Lord's instruction, my son, and do not loathe his discipline, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves, just as a father disciplines the son in whom he delights. 
Happy is the man who finds wisdom and who acquires understanding. So already we can see the point is if we want to be wise, we too have to be willing to accept correction. We have to be willing to accept correction. The proverb explains how God's instruction to us is that of a loving parent to a child. And so, yes, for a child to be wise, they do well to listen to the wisdom of parents and adults. But for grown-up children, like myself, I do well to continue listening to the loving correction, uh, above all, to our Father in Heaven, who continues to teach and guide us. Uh, Proverbs 13.1 says this, A wise son responds to his father's discipline, but a mocker does not listen to rebuke. So when God speaks, whether it's uh, through his scripture, through another person who's speaking into our lives, or, or it's a still small voice of his Holy Spirit, when God is speaking to teach us, do we put up walls? Do we get defensive? Uh, are we moved by what he says? Or on the other hand, are we like the mocker or the fool who just doesn't do anything and does not listen? Am I humble enough to listen to God's rebuke? This is, I don't know about you, but for me, it's almost always, it's always a hard pill to swallow when I am feeling convicted or corrected in some way, whether it's a, whether we're three years old or 103 years old. It always hurts our pride to be corrected, doesn't it? And it's funny because I think the natural tendency as we move from childhood and through adolescence and into adulthood is to actually become more and more prideful as we get older. As we go through life, by the time we're a teenager and we've figured out everything we need to know, it's easy to just continue down that path away from wisdom, right? And instead just thinking we've got it figured out and we're good from here. I don't need to listen to correction. This is the prideful self. Proverbs 12:15 answers this. It says the way of the fool is right in his own eyes. But a wise man listens to advice. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. We are wise to actually pay attention to correction instead of being stubborn, instead of being hard-hearted or, or simply dismissive of the wisdom that we need. So this is all through Proverbs. I've only read just a few of many. Um, but this kind of teaching is found in different parts of the Old and New Testament as well. Uh, the author of Hebrews picks up on it and continues to explain what we've read in Proverbs. So it, I'll read from Hebrews 12, verse 9 to 11, which says, We have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subjected to the Father of spirits and live? That is God. For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So the fruit of discipline, whether it is in the setting of a parent and their children, or in the grander scheme of God and humanity and his children, the fruit of discipline, says Hebrews, is to bring about good things in us. 
The fruit of righteousness is peace. We share in his holiness and so on. Now I should mention briefly that we can't interpret uh, the author of Hebrews here in a, uh, through the lens which we have experienced our own flawed parental relationships. That's not what he's saying. You know, if, if, if it says, well, you know, our, our parents disciplined us, so we respect, and then God's like, the, we can't elevate our own experience or see God through the lens of the experience that we may or may not have had with our parents. What he's, I think what he's saying is a general statement that um, as children respond to authority of someone who, you know, loves them and guides them, so do we, or should we, respond to our Heavenly Father who loves us, um, you know, not in the same way as, as an earthly parent, but actually in a perfected form. So, what we need to continue to think about as we read verses like these and consider Hebrews and Proverbs is that when we are being um, punished or, or guided or corrected or whatever it may be in the particular context that we're experiencing, that we are not being subjected to something with no purpose. Uh, we are not being corrected because God does not love us. And we are not being unjustly punished when God is is helping us along. In fact, what we've read is the reason that God would punish, correct, teach, or guide us is truly because he loves us and wants to see us flourish. The discipline of God is actually a sign that we have been adopted as his children and are experiencing his love in this way. Hebrews says that we're disciplined for our own good, that we would share in his holiness. So to, I guess, for a moment to turn this back to those who do have children, let me encourage you to discipline with this in mind, to lean on the, the grace of God's presence to help you navigate what is often a very difficult and challenging uh, scenario. If we can correct our kids lovingly, with the presence of God at any stage in their development, they will be better off for it, whether they realize it or not. Uh, On the other hand, a lack of discipline is also spoken against many times uh, throughout Proverbs and elsewhere. Proverbs 29, 17 to 18 puts it plainly. Discipline your child, and it will bring you peace of mind and give you delight. On the other hand, without revelation, people run wild, But the one who follows divine instruction will be happy. So while we're talking about this, and again, this is uh, specific to parents, but I think it applies to any and all people as we live our lives and and, and we are an example to the people around us. Um, Another thing to emphasize is that our correction has to be backed by character. The correction that we give must be backed by character. What I mean by this is that we have to intentionally live by the things that we hope to see our children living by. I can't expect that my kids stop lying, for example, if they are continually suspicious of me lying to them. 
if if I don't want to hear my kids say a four-letter word at Save On Foods, then I probably shouldn't swear either. And it's not just, oh, don't swear around the kids, you know, because kids pick up on everything. They can hear what you're saying. They're not asleep. They're listening to you when, they, when they're in bed. So, yeah, the correction that we give has to be backed by by character, and this is just simple math. Like I said, kids have a, it's like a radar. They can sense hypocrisy, even if they can't, you know, we'll think, oh, they're so young. They don't understand all of this, but they have the ability to just know when something doesn't line up. So the correction we give should be backed by a true and honest example that we give. <clears throat> More importantly, perhaps than moral things, kids should also have good examples of faith by which to learn and grow in their own. So it's one thing to teach them, you know, right from wrong and whatever, don't say swear words or don't lie. Uh, but I believe we should emphasize as much or more uh, to teach children about the, the spiritual needs which they have, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, how to pray and read scripture and, and all of these things, because this, as we have learned, is actually the source of wisdom, you know, more than just the rules about living. The true source of wisdom uh, is, is to know the one who has given us these things in the first place, and that is Jesus. So are we aware of our children's needs for correction and guidance and discipline uh, spiritually as well as practically speaking. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Ray Ortland, who's a pastor from the United States, puts it this way. If you want to see your children be passionate for Christ, let them see that passion in you. You dedicate your child to Christ by dedicating yourself to Christ so enthusiastically that your child tastes how good it is and wants more. So this gets my attention. Uh, it sets the bar high for us, doesn't it? Because the stakes are high. Kids are impressionable. Our culture is powerful to colonize their minds at this impressionable state, whatever state they may be in. And as we've read, without discipline, without real instruction, without guidance and correction, we can't expect them to fall in line with, you know, Christian morals or more importantly, Christian faith. It won't happen automatically or without some kind of guidance. Um, Proverbs 29:18 spoke to this. Without revelation, people run wild. This is natural. It's normal. So all of us, I encourage us to do our best to live and to walk faithfully with the spirit of Christ in our midst, the truth, to teach and correct, all the while knowing that this is an example for those who are watching us, for children, so that they, too, can know and follow the way of Jesus. So we've kind of jumped all over the place this morning, so let's zoom out a little bit. Uh, Proverbs teaches that children do well to listen to the instruction of their parents and not to ignore it, not to curse their mothers and fathers. And adults, let us not abandon the good things that we've been taught 
that God is teaching us. And in doing so, we continue to teach God's wisdom to the kids in their lives, both directly and by our example. So it just goes in circles. And again, what's further is as God's children, I remind us, as we read from Hebrews, not to uh, dread God's discipline, but to trust him that when he is correcting us, And when we're going through the pain of growth and challenge and change, that we're actually experiencing the love of our Father who wants what is best for us. God is out to grow his children into the people that he made them to be. Like I say, kind of like a loving human parent, that's the analogy, but in the perfected form. It's way better. And meanwhile, while we are experiencing that pain of discipline or correction, we have to keep our eyes set on the cross of Jesus. In this awareness, as we look to the cross, Jesus' death and resurrection, we can see an amazing image of how God loves us and has forgiven every sin that we are no longer subject to his wrath because Jesus stood in the gap between us as sinful people and a holy God. God's demand for justice against sin has been covered by what Jesus did at the cross. What's further in terms of our topic this morning, Jesus actually experienced the rejection and the abandonment and the curse of sin for all of us so that we no longer had to be separated from our Father. He took the judgment for my sin and he absorbed it in himself. He felt the wrath of his Father, though he was undeserving of that sentence. And it's all for us. You and I, we are set free to live and and to Um, know the love of God through our Savior, Jesus Christ. So all thanks be to him for these things. And we're not alone in this, as as we said, with um, where we're at in our journey. Jesus promises us this in John, John 14. I love this verse, verse 14, 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. So there it is. We're talking about obedience. My Father will love him, and we will come and make our home with him. So good. The one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. The words that you hear is not mine, but it's from the Father who sent me. I've spoken these things to you while I remain with you, and here's the promise. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've told you. So again, the wisdom which we desperately need to navigate in this life, whether it's what we've been talking about this morning or something else that's completely in a different set of scriptures, the wisdom that we need is found in Jesus Christ. God gave his son to the world to show us how to live, and he promised the presence of his spirit to enable us to to be in that relationship with him as our father, to uh, to be taught, to be disciplined, corrected, and to, to move forward and not stay where we are. Because God is present with us and powerful in our midst. <clears throat> um, as the band comes up to the stage, 
to lead us in worship once again. One of the ways that we are uh, called to worship this morning is in the opportunity to take communion. As we gather on Sundays, it's my hope and prayer that God's word has uh, stirred in your heart, that his spirit has been uh, speaking to you, to your story and where you're at. And, and so if this is happening, then we are called to respond in praise and worship. And as I said, communion is an avenue of doing this. As you look to the cross, as you come before God, know that your sins are forgiven by his grace. He's provided us with with new and eternal life with him. And the communion tables, which are at the front, are set for you to, to take and receive when you feel ready to do so in remembrance of what Jesus has done for you. Um, the elements are, are symbols of his sacrifice on the cross. We have the, the, the crackers broken in the bowls, and this is a symbol of the bread which Jesus broke for his disciples and gave them, saying, eat this in remembrance of me. This is my body given for you. And then we have the red juice in the cups, which resembles the, the cup of wine which Jesus passed to his disciples as well and said, drink this. Uh, this wine is, is the new covenant, which is in my blood for us. If you uh, want a leader to pray with you about something this morning, something that you may be going through or anything else, uh, we will have a prayer minister uh, at the back of the church there if you'd like to visit with them and pray at any time. I'd invite you to do that. Um, For now, I'm going to uh, close in prayer. So let's bow our heads and pray together and just say, God, um, it is good to know that we can come to you and call you our father you've been so generous god to invite us in to adopt us uh, unworthy as we were into your family and to be made into your sons and daughters and to uh, share in your holiness lord it's amazing Um, help us this morning to be listening just young and old god all of us to be listening to your spirit to what you're teaching us As we experience this in our lives, Lord, would you soften our hearts to the discipline that we uh, need to undergo to move forward and and give us the wisdom uh, to discern and obey and follow. Uh, Lord, for people here with children, I pray for wisdom in in raising our children well, God, and in passing wisdom on to them and being that example for kids to follow in our church community, to know your way and to uh, fall in love with you as they grow. God, may our families be blessed and made whole by the power of your grace and love. Thank you, God, for giving your life on the cross to bless us and give us all of the things which we've talked about this morning and just so much more. It's all from you, Lord. You are so good, and we praise you and thank you this morning. Amen.